Welcome to the Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. Today's episode, guys, is the first in a series we're going to call The Booster Club uh, because it's interviews with people who are not necessarily show choir professionals, but are directly adjacent to what we do or are amazing supporters of the work that we do. And that's why we're calling it Booster Club. Hint, hint, get it? (laughs) Today's episode, I'm speaking with my very good friend, Mrs. Carla Hardy. She is a high school choir director in Texas, but is a master at culture and climate in the classroom. In fact, she was Justin's Renaissance Teacher of the Year in 2018. And we talk a lot about, first of all, what a non-singing choir classroom could look like. We talk about the other things we can do with our students that are not necessarily about making music together in a group, just in case that's not an option in the fall. And we talk about life in general and really how to speak to our students and teach them how to be great humans and not just great musicians. So I really hope you enjoy this very timely and important conversation with my very good friend, Carla Hardy. set of, you know, issues. So anyway, but that, I mean, all of that that we're talking about here with the pandemic actually leads into why I wanted to interview you today, which is that I feel like with the school year wrapping up, especially as educators, we are kind of in this weird, you know, normally we're used to this being the end of something like a finite closure. You go to your room, you close up everything, you make your students do all of the labor you don't want to do. Like all of that. (laughs) Which that was hard. I this never year. would have used as many staples in August <laughs> if I would have known that I was going to have to be the one taking them out of the wall. I was in my room with uh, Natalie, who I teach with, and I were cleaning up ours yesterday. And we're like, "What? What was this decision? What were we doing? What was past selves doing with these boxes? Yeah. You know?" Or like, I had a piece of furniture that a student of mine wanted to put together right before spring break, and I was so over it. And I was like, "We will do it after spring break, for the love of Pete, just no." And now I'm like crap it's just sitting there in a box now and I have to deal with it myself so but all of that said I feel like we didn't get our you know usual closure of course which everybody is talking about that but more so for me I'm sitting on that edge of um, especially when talking with directors and doing all the work that I do with as for freelance the conversation has turned to the future and next year and like where do we go from here? How do we have a life from here? So I was like, okay, who can I interview that I can have a reasonable conversation with about all of that? And it's you, Carla Hardy. It's you, ma'am. Well, thanks. I don't know that anyone's ever called me reasonable before, but I'll take it. There's a first for everything. Um, That's right. Okay, so I always kind of start these, even though you're uh, at a Booster Club episode here, because you are not a show choir director, but you are a full-time high school choir director. And you also, up until this year, have done a lot with the culture and climate on your campus, which we'll talk about in a minute. And so you kind of bridge that gap for me as far as like, you're my, you're one of my other humans that gets that there's that other component to what we do. It's not just always about the, the singing and, and the, uh, you know, things we do to make the singing happen. So talk to us about your path to becoming 
a choir professional? Like, how did you get to the position Ooh, you're in now? That is a, um, let's see, let's find the Reader's Digest version of that story. I mean, you can start at three with your first performance That's at right. church. I used to sing into a hairbrush <laughs> in front go. of my mirror with Sandy Patty. No, yep. um, I mean, that's true, but that's, that's not what we're going for yeah. here. <laughs> uh, no, I went to, I was never in choir in high school. I went to college on a piano scholarship which is laughable now listening to my skills. Still However, better than that's most what of I did. us probably, yes. <laughs> uh, but I had an incredible opportunity to take class voice of all things with the um, vocal chairman at my university. She was the kind of human that I wanted to be. And yeah. in my mind at 18, the fact that she was the kind of human I wanted to be was directly correlated to the fact that she was a vocalist. <laughs> so at 18, I decided like <laughs> only vocalists can make an impact on people. <laughs> I have to pause you and just say, I'm, oh, you've maybe just blown my mind already in the first four minutes. I think that happened to me also. I think that's how I really ended up here. If I look back on it, is that I connected with a human. It's Lynn Hodges for me. It yeah. had nothing to do with their vocation at all, really, if I look back on it. But, <laughs> but here we are as vocal people. I'm telling you, I called my parents in probably early October of my freshman year of college mm -hmm. and said, um, I hate playing the piano now. And <laughs> I think. Thanks for all those Yeah. Thank you very much. I think that I would like to change my major to vocal performance. Um, and of course, their question was, well, what about your scholarship? And yeah. I was like, well, I asked and I can challenge it. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> and God bless my parents who also who a are just incredibly encouraging people yeah. but also didn't know any better because neither of them have gone to college. And so they were like, great, sure. do that. So I walked in to challenge my uh, my scholarship, and I didn't know what an art song or an aria was. I took one of those background tracks from church that yep. were like the foiled green. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? I the totally cassette do. tape. Mm -hmm. I can picture it in my head. Uh, that's right. And I sang "Body and Soul" by Kathy Tricoli. <gasps> coming from the depths of contemporary christian in the 90s yes I'm telling you and god bless those sweet people they must have had a a, a plethora of scholarship money because they let me keep my scholarship <laughs> but that's how i landed in vocal music it was yeah. it was always connected to a person and i i didn't want to be a choir director a because i just didn't have any uh i didn't have an experience to pull from right to to know what i would be possibly missing out on right and then I met uh, this dude named Jared Hardy, and as we all will uh, at Wedding Bells University, I fell in love and decided. <laughs> Did you just call it Wedding Bells University. <laughs> Absolutely, my FAFSA and my degrees say that I went to Wayland Baptist University. We all knew ring by spring or your money back from Wedding Bells University. This is the most amazing conversation you have ever had. And that's saying something because we've had some good conversations. Okay, continue. We have had some good ones. No Wedding Bell so University. Fell in love with Jared. Um, and then as we began dating and eventually became engaged and married, obviously, I always knew that he was going to be a choir director. And he was yeah. by far the most hardworking and legitimately talented person oh, yeah. that I had ever met. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I decided, like, my job in life and what I thought would bring me most happiness and fulfillment would be to privately coach the people that would land on Jared's risers. 
Mm-hmm. And we did that for, uh, for about nine years. I was the on-staff vocal coach for his program and, uh, or his collective program, yeah. of course, with other directors. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then um, life happened and our head director at the time um, had some health battles and had to take some extended time off and Jared needed help and I was there. And so I yeah. just stepped in and it naturally happened. And again, it was very relational and obviously about the person that I was teaching with. Right. And yeah. We quickly figured out we made a pretty good team uh, outside of our marriage as well. And so that's that's where it was and that was um gosh that was in 2011 and now here we are and we got the opportunity to come and open a brand new high school in 2012 um and we were the co-directors there until last year gosh, and so i'm still there you only had one year before you were here and i met you i didn't realize that i was thinking you guys had been co-directors like officially co-directors longer than no that. we had only been officially so our very first year teaching we were both at middle schools um i started in october <laughs> because oh, a teacher God. walked out on a friday <gasps> so i took over i know because life happens in middle school like bless it there's they oh, need I, mental health professionals at every turn i would walk out on a friday so many fridays if that absolutely had an option in my head. i nearly did several times same uh, so i started in october and so it happened in the district that we were in at that time that we were the only two middle school choir directors and we team taught at the sixth grade campus and then taught at individual campuses for seventh and eighth grade, which okay. is very bizarre yeah. se- um, setup, but it's what it did. Yeah. So we knew it then, but then we moved uh, to friendship and directed together, just not traditionally. Right. But yeah, as far as like in front of choirs, mm-hmm. um, we only did that for, for one year yeah. before we came here. Um, and yeah, the rest here is history. So I feel like it's important for me to interject here and say my memories of the first meeting of you two. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm so afraid I right think, now. No, it's good. I think it helps to inform some of why you, you and I are bonded and what I love about Jared and all of that stuff. So um, <laughs> I, and I won't be able to remember a couple of these things. If you remember, you can jump in. But f- sure. for sure, I was at least the chair elect for our region at that point. You absolutely were the chair elect the year that we Okay, I was going to say, or I was already the chair. But so in Texas, if you're not aware, if you don't have any understanding of our insanity of choral music, which is wonderful, but it's a serious business, guys. So um, within your uh, geographic region, you know, the schools that make up your region, you have a chair elect, the person who's going to be the chair for two years after their two years as chair elect the chair obviously and then there's usually like a secretary treasurer type position and then all the directors we get together in a group meeting twice a year um and then sometimes more than that for like things at like tmea or state convention and all that kind of stuff so if you ever wonder why texas runs as well as it does it's because we have a lot of meetings friends so <laughs> we do this, this was for sure the fall meeting because you were already there and yep. i was chair elect i can remember sitting at the front of this lecture hall that we were in and any of us who have been on boards with um, creative folk or true, true musicians, like I don't count myself as a musician. <laughs> I, I count myself as a musical person who happens to teach music, but I don't count myself as a quote musician because that's actually a very 
that's a very different thing I feel like right people yes that takes a whole other level of uh, commitment yes I may not give and I have friends who I know will listen to this podcast that I consider to be true musicians and good for you and that's wonderful but I am not built that way so I'm grateful for them in my life yes however I am not usually grateful for them in a meeting situation (laughs) they're not often the best people to have in a problem solving room because they tend to be, and again, overgeneralizing, but people who really live inside a tight, tight square here is what my fingers are making, which is why they're such great musicians, because they're very detail-oriented and very much want to focus in on the narrow, um, whereas I'm not built that way. And when you're leading meetings of problem-solving nature, sometimes that's a problem. So I I remember we were discussing, and this is the part I'm not going to remember, it was something about like we needed to change the date of some audition, I think is what it was. Um, and you've got the, the the really detail-oriented humans in the room being like, well, we've already given our children a calendar. And this is, it doesn't happen for two months till now, but we wrote it down and it's on a piece of paper and we cannot move forward. It's a lot of finger wagging. And, and I remember just kind of sitting off to the side, listening to the region chair, try to like, make a path forward here yeah just pet it just just make something happen here let everybody be heard and then move on with our lives kind of deal and i can remember jared raising his hand and we did not know y'all really yet i mean some of the some people did know y'all from different parts of the state knew of yeah right been in the area but we certainly did not have real relationships Mm -hmm. with people he was just the large bearded man (laughs) Probably wearing a backwards baseball cap. He was not actually because he was. I think he was oh. trying to make a good impression. My guess was. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. You were in your brand new like Chisholm Trail polos. I know that oh, for sure because I can remember the the we polo. Were those on him. people. Well, but it good was a brand heavens. new building, so of course you were. Like it was a new school. Not only did we not know y'all, your school was brand new. So I remember sure, it was. raising his hand and being like, "Friends." I just think that I don't know what else he said after friends, but it was very like Baptist preacher in the best possible way. And he just like kind of stood up, which no one asked him to do. And like just started commanding the room is like and and just willed everyone into submission into the same idea with yes. no bloodshed. Everyone was laughing by the end. Everyone was sure it had been their own idea. And I just remember looking at him being like, we are going to be best friends. Like, <laughs> Listen he here, Jared person. Hardy is a Slytherin woo. Same. If you're a strengths finder, oh yeah, he is the king of winning others over. Which but Slytherin and Slytherin woo is a special attached. thing. Like, Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the gift of letting other people believe it was their idea. Exactly. But and it having really makes your will accomplished. All the difference if you're going to be a Slytherin. So now we're talking Harry Potter and Strength Finders friends in case you're missing all that. <laughs> um, but then and then I met you right after the meeting because I came up to introduce myself to my new best friend. And, I was, and, and then I was like, oh, no, I've made a mistake she's actually my new best friend and he's just going to be my cool sidekick. That's what's going to happen. Okay. So then hence became my love affair with the Hardys. So yes, you guys were what we needed. Thank you. I've often said that Jen and I get along so well because she is the female embodiment of my husband. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) And he and I sometimes are almost too similar for our own good. There have definitely been those conversations. There's like a time limit. There there really is. Yeah. And then we're like, we're good now. And then usually you come back from whatever thing you were doing. Because Carla was like during our time of hanging out a lot at like state conventions, Carla was always in charge of some giant thing always she was the queen of some <laughs> choir or event that was happening and jared and i would just be sitting 
like maybe in a bar or in a hotel lobby maybe. just hanging out waiting for Carla <laughs> to be done. Um, but yeah, that was those were some fun times, my friend. Well, you did mention at the end of, of your statement there of your path to professionalism that you are still there, but Jared is not. Do you want to talk True a little story. bit about that? And you can go as far into it as you want or not. What's well, totally Sure. To yeah, it's mundane. Um, <laughs> let's see. The nutshell version of why I'm still there and Jared is not is that in 2018, January of 2018, uh, Jared literally woke up one morning, went to bed fine and woke Mm -hmm. up one morning, uh, the next morning, as that's how bedtime works. You see, you go to bed (laughs) and then you wake up the next morning. Listen, we are excellent storytellers. Okay, don't sell yourself. (laughs) Gravy. Um, And he had a really intense pain in his left shoulder. And so we, we thought all of the scary immediate things of heart attack and, um, and that small occurrence, uh, what was big at the time, but in retrospect was really small, uh, was the start. Yeah. Of, uh, what has become a very long, uh, two and a half years. And Jared had to, uh, medically retire last year at the age of 39. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he had to leave teaching um, and has been still technically undiagnosed uh, with a specific disease or disorder. We've um, been to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, landed with the polar vortex. And so, like, was when I, right? yeah. that's yeah, right. When I tell you that we have been to the ends of the earth <laughs> to figure out what is wrong with this man. I mean, like we could see our breath in the plane before we hit the ground. And it was like, <laughs> at what point does rubber just explode? Break yeah, when it yeah. hits the ground. <laughs> this is, this is frightening. Um, How do planes work in Minnesota, guys? <laughs> I will, if you could go back and look at my Google history the week before we flew to Rochester, Minnesota yeah. in January in the coldest polar vortex in the history yeah. of the state of Minnesota. My, they were like, at what temperature does gasoline freeze? I think uh, you texted like me a, like a, a, a either a list, a shopping list, or a couple of links of like coats that you were wanting yes. to buy. And I was like, girl, that's not a coat yet. Hang on. And I, like, I would send you back like higher intense parkas. No I was like, that's a jacket, girl. Yeah. That's a jacket. Y'all, there were people at the exits of the airport making sure that you had appropriate coverings. You had to. Because your lungs would freeze. Or you'd if lose you your nose. Or, yeah. It mm-hmm. was bananas. First man yep. I saw off the plane was sitting at a bar in a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. And I was like, these are not my people. I don't, <laughs> I don't know this, this brand of human. We're special. Um, upper upper yeah. Midwesterners, we are special people, I tell you what. I yeah. had ultimate respect for him. I just didn't oh, yeah. like, feel welcome to go. Y'all are Texans and through and through. Like we legit native Texans. Born which and is raised. Not Love a it. thing that happens all the time anymore. It's a very transient That's state true. now. So, yes, you you were living your first... <laughs> snow experience yes. in a polar vortex like that's great. crazy town but it was amazing yeah. and um although we did not leave with answers from the mayo clinic mm-hmm. of positive diagnosis we left um with at least a bit more direction and right. so probably the most concrete thing that we can say about um jared's diagnosis is that he has a, a brain tauopathy which is kind of in in short version a tangling of the proteins within the brain cell it's and like a so, tau protein disorder is kind of yes. the thing, right? So yeah. the most okay. common or popular, right. in air quotes, um, tauopathy is Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. 
uh, early onset dementia, um, which Jared has not shown any yeah. uh, loss of cognition, which is yeah. a huge blessing. Uh, but his body has has not been kind to yeah. him, and so that once um, him, he's still the most talented dude I've ever known. But oh, to hear yeah, Jared sure. sing and and talk, he did a lot of sports radio. Yep. Um, and live announcing and things. Booming and bass so this, voice. Booming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has uh, robbed him of his voice, um, yep. of his speech, and uh, certainly of his, you know, conducting and just being able to, his mobility. Yeah. So being able to do the tasks um, that we all require yeah. in a choir room, um, those were robbed of him. Yeah. And so... He, uh, he had to leave that last year, and I decided to, to stay mm-hmm. and, um, and carry on what we both dreamed of building whenever we came here. And yeah. So that's, that's the Jared Hardy story in, yeah. in a very short nutshell. Yes. Um, <laughs> Which yeah. they, can, they can read more about if you, if you guys are really <laughs> interested in that. Carla has this fantastic yeah. blog you can go read and oh, you can go follow along you. with their story. And you can, you can learn more and see what's happening with Jared if you want to go follow that. And I will throw the link in the description so you can click on it. But, You're um, awesome. Thank you. Well, Hasn't of course. been updated since the start of quarantine. Well, but honestly, <laughs> what do you say at this point? I think that's yes. like everybody. It's not just, right? it's, you know, it's funny like you're talking about like we're talking about like Jared having all sorts of these strange like paralysis essentially where really we all became paralyzed in various ways over the last two months you know he and I have laughed uh, maybe not laughed but have joked with one another (laughs) that he yeah you do um that you know he had quarantine right figured out long before this started i literally and had that so, thought a couple months ago like well jared's been doing this for a year already so yes. he's good <laughs> there have been a few times in this that i've looked at him and i was like is this really what you do all day yeah. while i go to yeah. work <laughs> he's like yep <laughs> welcome to awesome. watch an hour four of netflix <laughs> listen i will tell you i've learned that my husband um likes to watch fox 34 news which for those of you who are not in the metroplex yes. of texas it's not Fox News. Fox no, 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 no. Everyone, it is um, not Fox News. We need to clarify that. But it's that. like the snarky version of yes. our local news. <laughs> it's and news with a little attitude, but it's still like legit straight yes. up news. Yes. Yes. The weather people. So entertaining on that channel. He watches it nonstop. And so, and he watches also, which I'm so proud of, Ryan and Kelly. And really, yeah. I may have never been more proud of him for anything in my life. <laughs> it's a reasonable thing to be proud of. <laughs> it is. It so is. And he Kelly is, Griffin is just like the pocket-sized blonde version of me in my yes. wildest dreams. No, I actually believe that to be very, very true. <laughs> you, If I knew Kelly Ripa personally, I feel like you are who that would be. Absolutely. Well, and he fun. just walked through our conversation. Jerry just walked through our conversation at the beginning of this and like, you know, was chatting with us. And he's editing a video for you guys for the end of the school yes. year. And like he still does arranging and things like that. So, I mean, like you were saying, the, the cognitive things... Um, are still there. It's just the way Absolutely. he's communicating with us that has changed a lot, which um, which I know has changed for you as well and the way that you communicate with him. But also, I know it's changed a lot of the way that you communicate with your students because your position with them really changed in the last year it as did. well. It absolutely did. And that was, um, you know, I had high hopes for this next year yeah. and still do, of course. Yeah. They're just different. But um, of of not having to find my sure footedness yeah. uh, as we were walking, um, because you know what I'm realizing on this side of it is there was a substantial amount of trauma involved in all of that. Oh yeah. Um, in this two years, right? Like mm-hmm. 
I didn't leave my husband at home and go to work. We went to work together and yeah. I watched the decline literally 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, uh, and so did our students, Yes, you know, mm-hmm. and so thankfully we had built a relationship with them and their parents preceding mm-hmm. uh, Jared's decline that really sustained us through that and, and gave people um, really a lot of grace with yes. us as we were walking those months. But yeah, as my role changed, um, I said for the first few months of the year, anytime anyone would say something to me, mm-hmm. especially in a complimentary term, right? Um, my answer was, thanks, I'm just doing my best Jared Hardy imitation. Yeah. And I was, that is exactly what I was trying to do, yeah. uh, was to be the, the head director that I saw him be, because right. I thought that's what you had to do. And so I'm learning still, um, that I don't have to be Jared Hardy. I can't be Jared Hardy. No, I mean, um, everyone's their own person. And also that Carla right. Hardy's pretty freaking awesome. So being well, Carla Hardy is not so bad. <laughs> not at all. Um, but I think that there is this, you know, anytime we take on a new role, like what, yeah. what you're doing, it's, um, it's trying to find that fine line between doing what we know needs to be done yes. and in the way that we've seen it be done before mm-hmm. and then giving ourselves permission to do it in the way that we feel like is best or yeah. most true to ourselves. And, mm-hmm. um, that's tough. Those that is are tough different. to give yourself permission. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. If I failed imitating Jared Hardy, I could still in my mind blame Jared Hardy. Yes. Yes. Because it wasn't you. Right? It wasn't you that's personally right. that failed in that way then. That's right. When Carla Hardy fails and she's not imitating someone. That's hard. It's to nobody's swallow. fault but mine. And that's hard to shoulder sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a learning year for me. I feel yeah. like I learned more this past year, probably more about myself than yeah. I did about teaching necessarily, but, um, I hope, and, uh, I'm working to make sure that, that that's for good yes. and, um, and doesn't frighten me into, into the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Sometimes I'm a three wing two, my friends, and my stress <laughs> number is a nine. And let me tell you. Retreat, a nine the peacemaker is a retreat. Yes. Oh man, <laughs> I am married to I... a nine, so I live that life on a regular, daily oh, basis. Oh gosh, yes, that's my that's my stress number. Anyway, talk to me a little bit about. I guess this would have been, was it twenty nineteen with the teacher of the yearness? That 18? was, uh, that was eighteen. Okay. Yes. So right after this whole thing starts with Jared, you've got all of this on yeah. your plate, trying to figure out what's going on with him. And he's still in the classroom with you, but things are looking different every day. Um, you guys, you had started doing the um, Justin's Renaissance program at your school, which for those of you who are unfamiliar, Justin's, yes, Justin's the company who makes your class rings. And yes, Justin's <laughs> the people who might print your yearbooks and do your cap and gowns. They have a leadership component to their company called Renaissance. Now, I've been aware of it since 1997, when I was one of the very first high schools in the country that piloted Renaissance. Of course, I didn't understand at the time that that was a thing or what was happening. But (laughs) when I went to my first Renaissance conference as a teacher in 2017, 16, 16, I think, um, I remember being like, wait, this is Renaissance? I did this! (laughs) Which which is very funny to think back on now. But um, And then you guys started that program at your school. So you, you certainly know way more than I do about it at this point. So talk to us a little bit about Renaissance and how that maybe leans into what we do in the choral classroom. Sure. How it can relate? Well, I think the most important thing to bridge that gap is to know that Jared and I got involved in Renaissance um, at the request of our then principal mm-hmm. who said to, who came to us and said, 
I need for you to take what you're doing in the choir room and put it everywhere else on our campus. Yes. And, and that is really the heart of Renaissance mm-hmm. um, at its most true form. It is transforming the culture and climate of a campus yeah. at any level um, to where it is a positive place to be and a place that recognizes and rewards and reinforces the ideals that just make people better humans. Yeah. Um, and, and that is, I think, um, or at least how I described kind of the backbone of Renaissance. And yeah. so our jumping into that was really, um, other people noticing that whenever you walked into the choir room, it felt different. It looked different. Mm-hmm. And those are two of the very first pieces of a successful Renaissance school is mm-hmm. that when you walk in, you can feel the difference. Yeah. And so it was such an honor to us. We had no idea what Renaissance was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, you know, did life the way that we did it and tried to be sure that we were creating memorable places and experiences for kids yeah. to grow in. Yeah. Um, and then we got the opportunity to just do it on a bigger scale at our, you know, then three-year-old high school. Yep. So we started it with 14 kids and then it, it kind of exploded. And, um, <laughs> say, there's no other word than exploded. <laughs> there's not. Um, it exploded and we, uh, eventually three years later got to have a class period for it, Mm -hmm. I guess four years later. Um, so we could have more people doing the work of Renaissance rather than leaning on, you know, those 14 students. And, um, so that's really what we did. And now that I'm not involved in it anymore because of Jared's illness, I had to, you know, obviously take a step back from that and, and clear my plate. But, um, but it's back to that original idea that Jared and I had. And really it wasn't an idea. It was just the way that we believe good teaching yes. works. Yes. Um, and that's to create that same climate and culture. Now I just do it in my classroom, in my hallway, mm-hmm. um, and trust that what my kids gain from that while they're in our space, they go share in the other seven periods of their day. Yes. And the reality of being able to impact your campus's culture as a fine arts educator in any way mm-hmm. is huge because kids are most vulnerable typically yep. when they're with you Absolutely. in the arts. And um, so taking advantage of that was, was very important uh, and has become very important to me again. Oh yeah. And it's, it's weird how Corona has like pushed that forward to the forefront for so many of us. And I think that it's something that most of us start the year with, or at least start the intentions of the year with. And then as you get into the nitty gritty of contest season or competing or, you know, big concerts and all of that, it's easy to start losing that um, and have that kind of culture dissipate in the face of, you know, tension or stress when really we should push that culture and climate forward more in times of tension and stress to right. give the kids something to lean on, basically. You know, I've said that I, I was so grateful. If, I, I tried really hard to find things to be grateful for, mm-hmm. right, in every day. And, um, and I've begun to practice that more intentionally since all of this stuff with Jared has started. Yeah. And so through this corona stuff, um, I'm grateful that it happened in the second semester and not the first because True. right now, yeah, we all had six months with those kids. And so we weren't trying to get to know someone right. through distance learning. That would have been a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That would have been made this so much more difficult mm-hmm. um, because our kids trusted us and we trusted our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. It's that realization of once our calendar starts to dictate what happens in our spaces yeah. with our kids, 
we've lost a few things Mm -hmm. and, and I am as guilty of it as the next person. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Right. We all do it. Um, but it's also part of what makes it so important whenever you can find time to do it. If that's once a semester, Mm -hmm. I hope you can find more, but Mm -hmm. that's once a semester, make it matter whenever you can do it. I think you're good also at, you know, from, from what I know of your classroom time, like, I think you're someone who also values, like, you read a room when you walk into it for rehearsal. And, and I think, yes, we're all guilty of letting that go to some level, the, the culture and climateness of it as the year moves on. But I will say that people like you, and I feel like myself when I was in the classroom, certainly I have other friends like this too, are better at walking into the space and going, okay, what do we need today? You know, you take your own level of what you need accomplished, like you take your to-do list and you match it up with what the vibe in the room is when you walk into rehearsal and see if you can merge those two things as much as possible to still get some things done. Obviously, sometimes we got to get some, you know, we just got to get something done sometimes. But also you can't fight the inertia of the emotions in a room completely if you've ever taught freshman women you know that so bless it all bless it all one breakup in a freshman women's choir will bring down the entire group you're not rehearsing for two days friends nope, you've got to have not one at day all. to be sad and one day to say we don't need him and then you can then that's you can right move forward mixed in with the best makeup tips to hide your running mascara i Absolutely. mean it's necessary and that's culture <laughs> and it's and yes exactly and that's the difference it's not that yeah. you are it's not that you create this is my thing that will get me in trouble with some people it's not that you create a culture of um like you dictate the culture 24 7 you the adult human in the room it can't be a culture of we work here our job is we work here and we care about being the best and we work here and that's what we do because i have a degree in this and we would like to have an honor choir next year and or we would like to win grand champion and that is the culture that cannot be it is not long term sustaining you cannot do that more than one year or you're going to start to either alienate kids or weirdly you will attract an entire group of children who all like that but you're no longer really making music at that point yeah I would be curious you know for for anyone who either has that mindset or struggles Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. not have that mindset yes I think that one of the most important things that we can look at as a data piece Mm. as um, music teachers are our retention rates. Mm -hmm. And that's just kids choosing to come and spend time in your space year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And that kind of high pressure, um, uh, what is the right word there? Um, It's very success driven. It's results driven. Yeah, there you go. Results driven. Yep, that's it. So sorry. Thank you. I couldn't come Um, with you there. (laughs) that results-driven mentality is exhausting. Yes. Um, and For you it's also, and the kids. Yeah. And it's also out of our hands. Yep. Because we all sit in front of a panel of judges, no matter what area of choir we're working mm-hmm. in, and we put all of that in the hands of someone else's opinion, yep. and we have zero control over that. Right. So if it really is about something more than just the result. That is how culture and climate not only is created, but is sustained Mm -hmm. and becomes meaningful in helping kids go into the real world Mm -hmm. and know how to deal with adversity, uh, Mm -hmm. with grace and with a little bit of humor sprinkled in. Yep. Uh, And that at the end of the day is is our job. And I think where we have to go through this Corona thing is getting away a bit in the planning for the future, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. 
from making it all about how are we going to make this contest happen? How does yes. camp work? And we've got to boil it back to what really, really matters mm-hmm. about what we can do that maybe an English teacher can't. Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to start. Oh, 100%. And the calendar is going to take care of itself. Yes. There's so much about the whole notion of not fretting about what you can't control at this time that we all need to be learning. And I think, and again, I'll say the things that will get us in trouble here and you can pat it so nicely as which is what's great about our friendship but I think I'm I'm getting very personally tired of seeing the knee-jerk reactions from our community to every new piece of information that comes out about the school year and I don't just mean the choral teaching community I mean educators at large Um, we're doing ourselves a disservice right now by letting our emotions fly in public obviously say whatever you need to say to your spouse or your best friend fine but I'm talking about in social media and public forums we, we cannot be out in America saying things like, well, this is terrible. It's never going to work. Or what am I supposed to do? Or how can I do my job? Or blah, blah, blah. You, you cannot air those frustrations out in the yeah. world right now. Your students can see them. And all you're doing is creating more panic and anxiety for them. Their parents can see them. And all you're doing is riling them up in ways that are unnecessary. Okay, so now you respond in a way that is <laughs> rational to all the crazy thing I just said. <laughs> Well, I think that the truth of the matter is, no, I don't think there's anything irrational about what you just said. I think what's difficult is that some of the reaction we're seeing are from people I have never seen this kind of strong reaction from before. Yeah. But the opportunity to vent or to say it in trusted places for a lot of us has been taken away. Right. And so they're turning to the only outlet that they have. That's a good point. So what we have to recognize in that is that there's a whole other level of, I think, people's mental health that we're going to have to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And if we're struggling with where do we take our frustrations and outlet, our students are only doubly struggling there. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I think that you're exactly right. It's got to be a thing of personal responsibility to not put something on the Internet that is salacious in a manner in which helps um, foster a feeling of no panic gaslighting. amongst people. We can't gaslight about this. It's what is so frustrating to me about the webinar that came out from ACDA and mm, that. That's where I was going next. Yep. Right. Um, I, I've not watched the whole thing. Um, I've started it and, and knew enough um, to just kind of know that I personally am not in a place and maybe it has to do with the last two years of my life. It probably does, girl, perspective. <laughs> <laughs> We've lived two years of more questions than answers. Yeah. And having to figure out how to um, create a space for our 13 and 11-year-old kids mm-hmm. that doesn't allow that kind of weight to yeah. completely turn your world on end. I am not interested in joining in any conversations that only present problems oh, and preach. don't give any pass forward. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> that, so I think that's, that's my feeling on all of those things is if you're going to put out facts, absolutely. We need it. Yes. We absolutely. Yes. Need it. Plans, steps forward, ideas. Yes. Those but have to accompany, but just fearful statistics and guesses on where this is going to land are not serving us as a community in choral music or in education as a whole. How do you, and you are weirdly an expert on this, even though you didn't want to be, how do you walk (laughs) through a season of life of more questions than answers? Like, I think some of us are starting to get to that place where we're figuring it out a little bit with with all of this, realizing that 
the answer is going to change every day. We don't have a full answer, you know, all of that. But like, what has given you peace during this time with not just Jared, but also quarantine? Like what's helped you there? I mean, my immediate answer is, is my faith. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, we are people of a very strong and deep faith and I have no qualms about saying that that is what has foundationally held us together. Mm -hmm. In that, though, mm-hmm. um, our encouragement, especially to our 13-year-old son, uh, in his questioning and difficulty in these last two years, mm-hmm. is to, when you're, when you're given more questions than answers, yeah. you have to purposely claim the things that you know will not change no matter what. And those are the things you have to ha- hold on to. That's an Whether that's, point. yeah, saying them out loud. I'm a huge journaler, and yeah. um, I find a lot of peace there. That is not my 13-year-old. <laughs> Um, really but, surprising. No, I'm kidding. Obviously yeah, not. Right. Who's 13 year old? Who that? does that? <laughs> um, but he's a, you know, he's a gamer and mm-hmm. he's a, he'll make a ton of tracks on his phone and yeah. whatnot and he'll speak them to himself now. And it's just about finding, even if it's just one thing a day, yeah. no matter what happens today, I know that this is still true. And I think that in this season, of all of us being in a world of more questions than answers, the more that we can more clearly identify for ourselves the things that will not change no matter what Corona does or the government does or my school district does, whatever, no matter what, these are the things that I know to be true and they are absolutely untouchable by all of these unanswered questions. It helps keep me grounded and it's helped me find a lot of hope in um, in some pretty hopeless days. Yeah, absolutely. That's such, that's such great advice because I think that it's so easy and I find myself doing it sometimes too where I just start spiraling about it, you know, about any any version of what's happening right now. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's that. It's the grounding notion of, okay, all right, let's come back to what's real and we know. What do we know? And let's let's start there and walk yeah, forward absolutely. in that. Okay, so look in your crystal ball. And hey. let's make some fun, educated guesses about, <laughs> um, you know, what do you think you're going to walk into next year? Are you walking in somewhere? Are you going to be on the Internet? Do you think you're going to get to Let's just play what if. Let's play what if. I, you know, what? funny, funnily enough, maybe it's not funny. Maybe I'm trying to convince myself it's funny. Um, I learned today that I'm on the four-person team for my very large district to make a plan to figure out how we all go back to school in the fall. God bless America. Stop right there. They put you on a four person team to run. Oh no. There are I mean, yes, obviously with all of the district admin, but there are four of us. Side note. Out- you are the right person for that job. Well, Secondary side yeah. note. Oh no, you don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's to help figure out how um, extracurriculars sure. go back. And so that makes let sense. me, yeah. I, I don't want to, make it more important than it is it's not calendaring pretty important though (laughs) but it's still pretty important exactly um and i think that extracurriculars are going to be a lot of especially for those of us in public ed Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things that that get kids to come back to school i would agree right because um right now there are some homeschool opportunities Mm -hmm. and and different sorts of groups like that that if we don't have extracurricular activities available to our students in public education yeah what's the difference Mm -hmm. and it's our job to help I don't want to say convince people of the difference but remind people that there is a very big difference between a school day on a computer 
and a school day with face-to-face interaction. We are in a marketing season right now. Absolutely. That's the way you market your your program during scheduling time in February, wanting kids to take your class again. We need to figure out how to make school public education marketable and we can help with that remind your principals of that remind your admin of that keep coming up with ways that you are the dividing line between like you're saying homeschool or we have a lot of what are they called in Texas? i can't think of the name of it right now not it's not private schools but it's like charter schools we have so many charter schools so um yeah we are you're right we're the difference there okay keep going on that thought i love that no. So, um, I, you know, my crystal ball is uh, a little bit murky, yeah. like all of us. Obviously. Um, I, I'll put it this way. I am prepared. I do believe that I will see students in August. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of them will be in my classroom at a time, right. which makes me wonder, did all of the, the pain and agony of doing choir placements, was that all for naught? <laughs> That's an all excellent point. All of those point. angry parent emails, did <laughs> that even matter? That. Oh, gosh. Um, Because the scheduling of that is is crazy. My high school has 2,200 students in it. Yes. And, you know, I I think that it is a legitimate possibility that some schools, especially in hot spots of -hmm. this virus, um, you know, could go to sort of a blended place of Mm -hmm. sometime on campus during the week, sometime at home. Mm -hmm. The scheduling ramifications of that, though, from an extracurricular um, perspective, I can't completely wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, Right. I can't wrap my head around it if the only extracurricular that people were having to take into consideration was choir. Right. Like me as a choir director. So add in also my, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've got to add in my football playing Mm -hmm. base who's also in theater, you know, right. It just, and those are the kids that typically we all want and we fight for, Mm -hmm. which means that we have a a different sort of battle facing us in the future. I think, um, I think that there's so, going to have to be a lot more space for grace as well in all of those yeah. battles. These are battles that we would normally fight in a different way. Again, in February during scheduling season on a normal yeah. year, you 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 do everything you can to keep them. I think we may have to be a little bit more like whatever you need as a child yeah. to the child, whatever you need, whatever works for your future. Let me know how I can help support that. Even if you're not in my room, we can work on ways to, you know, yeah. keep moving forward with your voice or whatever it is, if that's what they need. I foresee a lot of recording. Yeah, um, I think so too. A lot of recording rehearsals, whether mm-hmm. I have people in the room or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this. I, I don't want to do distance learning in the future um, in a way that I've done it the last eight weeks oh, in agree. survival mode. It was right? triage. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that we've all learned, obviously, an incredible amount to pull from, mm-hmm. to not make them say mistakes twice. Mm-hmm. And a few things I've learned that I'm like, yep, I'll repeat that. Yeah, I'll do that again. That worked, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, as far as concerts, um, I don't know that at least for the next year that I will have a concert in the traditional setting that I'm used to. We yeah. um, famously like get our concert shut down at Chisholm Trail because we overseat the capacity of the space. And do you have a giant auditorium comes. also, by the way? It's so that's saying something. Auditorium. It's an exciting problem to have. It's it is. It's been a problem, though. Yes. And I, I don't see that being able to happen. And so, yeah. you know, my initial thoughts are we're probably going to have to only highlight maybe one choir a night. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Have shorter things, mm-hmm. uh, shorter show-off times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at doing an outdoor concert for my fall concert when the weather will still be pretty mild. Right. You have a nice so little that, amphitheater for that. That works out great. Yeah. do. 
we and that's do a great that creative could, solution. Yeah, something just, I think what's important moving forward, one of those concrete things we've talked about, exactly. is what matters most in my program is that my kids feel like they have a second home there yes. and that their families trust them there. And so in trying to build on those two things only, Mm -hmm. then what can I do with my concert scheduling to support that? And Mm -hmm. what can I do in my classroom planning to support that? Mm -hmm. And then way down the list is how to make choral music partner with those things. Um, And and I think that if I can do that successfully next year, it will be a good year. Um, If we go back regularly, I don't know how long that will last next year. Um, yeah. I can see, I think selfishly if I had my way and granted, I'm not incredibly well read on the, mm-hmm. on the notion. I will be after what I learned today. You're going to be. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, I like the idea of, of an extended school year with built in breaks. Yes. Um, I think that that is, that that is long-term sustainable. It is mm-hmm. the best thing for kids and for teachers to be able to plan for right. and for families to be able to plan for. Yes. Um, so at first glance, that's what I'm personally most in favor of. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my elastic banded pants on <laughs> for ultimate flexibility. <laughs> And comfort because really, I don't know about you, but I can't button things now. I'm just so. <laughs> saying that it's, well, I think we all went into this time, A, thinking like, this will be like two weeks. No problem. Right? I can I bake banana coming. bread for two weeks. That's right. How many loaves of banana bread were baked to the last <laughs> two weeks of March? I would say in in the billions of loaves. For okay? sure. Yeah. We came home from spring break and that first weekend home. So we got home on Sunday night. Yeah. And on Monday, I completely tore apart and reorganized my pantry. Y'all, that's not my personality. I was going to say that was surprising. Yeah, that's not me. But in my mind, I was like, this is going to be two weeks. I'm going to get so many things done on these two weeks. And I worked out and I cleaned out. And then one week into it, it was like, huh. You know, I don't. I don't know that this is going away. <laughs> let's make a let's make a quick Amazon order of bulk yoga pants. That sounds <laughs> like a good idea. And that is the place I have lived ever since. I yep. uh, may have bought, I think, at least four pairs since all of this my started. Gosh. Joggers. They're my new. Although I'm wearing a dress mm. today, I will tell you, I know everyone else can't see that. I'm wearing a like a t-shirt dress today, yes. largely because um, I just didn't want to wear a waistband. Like it was just Done. about that. It had nothing to do with it's the dress. It's really just cute nightgown. Yeah, that's it's a giant, giant T-shirt is what I'm doing, and it's it's yes. it's cute. It's it's sort of working, but also like where have we come to it? I I don't know if I have to go back in person for teaching in <laughs> September. I'm telling you what, I did not know that I would live in a day where a jean pass as a teacher was like a death sentence. Yes. Oh my gosh, I don't want to put on. A- Pair of but don't pants. put a jeans pass. I want a pajama pant pass, or a or a legging pass, or a jogger oh pass. Jogger gosh. pass sounds cute. I like that. We're going mm, with jogger. I pass. do too. You want a jogger pass for today? Well, I think that. So much of what we talked about before buttoning pants was so important <laughs> for people to hear and just exactly what I knew you would say and would be so smart and so helpful because I think that's it. I think we have to turn our our personal uh, as our own individuals. We have to turn our personal um, 
alarm off inside of our head and say, okay, this is going to be whatever it's going to be. And we need to continue to be creative and positive and hopeful for our students and for our admin and for for our communities as a whole. Um, and then privately sit in your closet in your non-button pants and eat banana bread. <laughs> like that's <Yeah>. allowed. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that as we talk about extending grace to students, you got to extend it to yourself. Totally. As well, yeah. You know, and that comes with, I don't think that next year for most of us is going to look the same and that is okay yes. because there is not a comparison stick to previous years. There may not be a trophy that gets brought home next right. year again. Right. I don't know. And that's okay because we usually preach that it's not about the trophies and it's not about the scores. And this is our opportunity to prove that that was not lip service. Eat our words. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. If we're not careful, we sure are. In a good way, actually, I think, where it's like, okay, you've been preaching this. Let's see if we can find a way to live it with these kids, you know? That's right. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. And so I think, yeah, you find the things that matter and you build off of those more so than ever before. Mm -hmm. Um, And you give everybody involved Mm -hmm. yourself your students your administrators Mm -hmm. you give them a ton of grace absolutely that's just got to be the word for the year grace has to be the word Um, because as much as you feel like you're freaking out and you feel like people are asking you lots of questions as a teacher and you feel like your students are relying Mm -hmm. on you and you don't have all the answers and da 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 multiply that times however many children are on your campus and that's your administrators yeah Um, and whether you love your administrative situation or you're not such a big fan is sort of irrelevant at this point. You have to jump on board and be supportive with them with whatever ends up happening. Or of course you can try to find another job. That's always an option, but, (laughs) but it's not the year for you to battle your admin on things that just really are not going to end up mattering in the long run. We're just, this is survival year two, but the marathon version, not the sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a hopeful way, not in a doomsday way. <laughs> I do too. I think that truly the closer that we get to August, because in Texas we start school in August, mm-hmm. or at least traditionally we yeah. do. Who knows See, what's right? coming? Yeah. Um, but the closer that we get, the more excited I get to see how creative we can make this. Yeah. And I think that more so than ever before, I'm going to be able to involve my students on the decision-making process, which I always say I want to do and we try to do as much as we can. But when push comes to shove, my paycheck is attached to your performance. (laughs) So I will be driving the bus. Thank you so much. Right. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that there's some real, I'm not trying to like put on rose colored glasses and like pretend I'm farting daisies. Yeah. That's probably not the best comment for a podcast. It's happening. Okay. I'll take it out if you want. I'm fine. Whatever. It's me. Um, But I do think that there are some really cool opportunities coming. We have all proven what really cool things we can do competitively. Yes. Yes. So like, man, I'm kind of excited about maybe having a chance to turn that part of me off a little bit, mm-hmm. see if that helps my stress level. Totally. Um, and allows me to find ways to let my kids drive the bus. Still in a driver's ed car where I have a brake <laughs> and, a steering and ultimate wheel control of the, the steering wheel. <laughs> But at least give them more of the illusion that they're driving the bus. Exactly. 
How's that for good educating? I think that's excellent. I think what you're saying is we're going to try to turn off the fear. Let's try to turn off the fear of the unknown and try to embrace the fun of the unknown, which is like, what can we do with what we have? You know, if you're not built that way, if you're not a problem solving human in that way where you love that challenge, um, find the people on your campus who are or find the people in your community of of choral educators, show choir directors who are those people because they exist. And um, ask these same questions of your kids. What totally. do you want to accomplish this year? Mm-hmm. What does success look like for our choir program right. this year? Because in all in all truth, mm-hmm. um, they really know what they are missing the most right now. True. And they know what they could do without. And they and may I need think, a little prodding to get there. It may be subconscious, sure. but they do know. Yeah, you have to. They absolutely mm-hmm. do. And I think that that could tell us an awful lot. If we're being asked to make decisions about what stays and what goes, if I know what my kids have missed the most, my gosh, what a great starting point. Right. And what if that thing is Mama Hardy time? What if that thing is being able to talk to my friends during class? What if that thing is I miss listening to music um, for enjoyment instead of or just whatever that is like we can be those people. We have the luxury. I have to keep reminding all of us. It's a luxury, guys, that we don't have. A standardized test attached mm. to most of us in most of the country um, sure. that we don't have you know an English AP score that they have to worry about attached to our class these are gifts these are good things that allows us to be flexible and allows us to be creative and it's it's not meant to be oh we can't sing everything's going to be broken right. like, yeah guys it's all right <laughs> it's really it's, all right it just is okay mm-hmm. it is everyone's doing it everyone's losing it it's not just you friends like <laughs> That's sure. everyone's doing it yeah, everyone's doing it. it's it's peer pressure in reverse it's like all those <laughs> psas they showed us in high school don't succumb no succumb to the fact that everyone is doing it guys and yeah. just jump on board with that okay uh, you get asked some of the fun silly questions just like our show choir guests do because okay. i just want to hear your answers to this more than anything because we're friends and i'm entertained by this okay here we go <laughs> What is your favorite form of entertainment? Is it like, do you oh. love movies, live, music, podcasts? What you, what you got for me? I love watching pearl shucking videos on Facebook. <laughs> I'd forgotten. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, that's right. She's got such a great answer. So, yeah, I'm not lying about that. I did not make help that up. Us for this understand pearl shucking videos. I'm going to tell you this. I found pearl shucking videos um, happened upon them, as we all will, in the middle of the night on Facebook when you can't sleep, as you right? you do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that little watch button just keeps scrolling ridiculous yes. things. Um, and so after a Holderness family video one night, whom I also highly recommend to you all if I you do, don't know the Holderness But family. I love that Penn Holderness was like your gateway drug to pearl shucking. That's amazing. <laughs> I think he would be proud of that he also. He probably would. Um I, this pearl shucking video came on and now I'm so, I, I couldn't turn it off. I can't put words to it. I know that like at first glance you hear it and you're like, oh my gosh, this woman really is a psychopath. And then you find yourself and you look up and you're like, how has it been four hours? <laughs> and how are the pearls royal blue? And what do you mean I can put them in jewelry? I just... I'm not even a jewelry wearer, y'all. That's not yeah, my gig. Yeah, I so buy much. my jewelry from paparazzi at $5 a piece. <laughs> also off of a Facebook Live thing. Y'all, we're seeing a problem. Yeah, it's, it's I a trend. I just love it. Pearl sucking on Facebook. It really relaxes me. My brain can... 
I can here's maybe why I love pearl shucking so much. It's mindless. Right. Totally. So I can either continue to work while I listen to it mm-hmm. or I can just not and then I can swipe to the left and read all the comments and yeah. make fun of people in my mind. <laughs> How's that for climate and culture? I think that that is why you're able to be the person you're able to be at school because you come home and you mentally shame people who are commenting dumb things on pearl shucking videos. That's right. Because like, you don't why are you students. angry at your shipping date? Let's be real. That's I mean that's just Facebook in general for me these days. There are so it many is. days where I have to I delete it from my phone in anger and then I have to like reinstall it because I have to use it for like church or for show collective right. or whatever I'm doing and it'll be like installing it again and then I like end up scrolling for a day and I'm like I can't do this anyway okay <laughs> follow-up question well, okay follow-up what am I saying it's not related it's just question number two Fine. here we go we can pretend. question number two um what is and we usually ask this in a show choir context but we'll ask it in just a performance I context. could pretend to be a show choir director well you have a lot of experience in in at least the parts of the singing part of it that will apply here okay yes so yes I do that what is your favorite performance that you've ever seen live usually we say what's your favorite show choir show you've ever seen live but what's your favorite performance and it can't have been one you had anything to do with oh those are always my favorite the ones that I don't have anything to do with I mean like (laughs) right I got that I'm not a go back and watch the videos of my performances kind of person wow my favorite choral performance I'm guessing sure yeah um one of my most memorable performances uh, that I sat through was at um, TMEA, mm-hmm. and I do not remember the year because I'm getting elderly, but it, um, it was the year that Amy Alabon's choir was at TMEA's The Honor Group, and Z. Randall Stroop, she, had, she was in the middle of her um, treatment for cancer, right? and Z. Randall Stroop um, commissioned a piece for them. And I just remember that was really one of the first times that the room just felt thick with all that the right moment and the right music can bring. Um, And it was uh, it was impactful. I did not know Amy at the time. I do now, of course, but I didn't. We were young directors whenever all of that was happening. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I can remember very clearly just being overwhelmed at the power of that moment. I love that you use the word thick with it. Cause, I mean, because that's what it is. You feel like this collective inability to take the deep breath because you're yeah. all like in this moment together of it. And um, I, like I said, I'll look up the year, but I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, the I think that if you polled most Texas choral directors, a lot of us would have a favorite live performance from TMEA. So let me give a small yeah. TMEA plug here and say, okay, directors from out of state, if you have never been to TMEA, think ACDA National Convention, but in Texas. <laughs> yeah, with just one state's worth. Which are very entertaining, actually, when ACDAs are in Texas, like when Dallas hosts one, like when we have one coming up in Dallas. Like, yes, we're, it's just, it's just TMEA again, is what it feels yes. like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> number of like local that. performing choirs are like, oh, okay. So if you can't go to national ACDA for some reason, or if your state conference is at a weird time some year and you and you can't get there, or you went sure. and you want a supplementary thing, 
we totally encourage you to come to Texas in February, San Antonio, where it will either worth be it. 82 degrees and you can swim, <laughs> or it will be 44 with surprise rainstorms and everyone is soaking wet and smells like a dog in the sessions. It never fails. No never in between. Fails. And I swear it's just the opposite of whatever the weather said it was going to be. But in general, it's actually usually pretty nice weather. And it we have is. margaritas, guys. So just keep that in mind. The best margaritas on the river wall. Actual real Mexican food, guys. Actual oh my gosh. Food. Yep. What is your favorite performance that you've ever been a part of? So either as a performer or a conductor, director. Sure. Oh, that's. Um, and you can say a couple golly. if you need to. Sure. Um, that are not involving my personal students. Um, the second year that I was the coordinator for the Texas Women's All-State Choir. Oh, yes. Um, you was, my gosh. It mm-hmm. was, um, A, I just met one of the most incredible humans ever uh, in Christina McMullen, who's now at uh, UNT. Yeah. Um, but she was at oh Ohio gosh, State University right. then. Yes, just remembered that she was. Yes. Yes. Um, that whole experience was just pretty electric. And um, I don't know, it, it gave me a lot of confidence yeah. in myself in a lot of ways, even though I was behind the scenes 100% of the time. There was just a camaraderie between um, Dr. McMullen and myself and then with the girls in the room that was um was very special and uh but that's that culture and climate I, I loved thing. it i watched you create that with your section leaders and with christina like the the way you decorated the room the way you greeted them at the door the way you set up that first meeting like that's that culture and climate thing that's why it was like that girl yeah it was really special there that is an amazing it was an amazing amazing concert as well though it yes. was a great concert yes uh she i learned so much about programming that week yeah from her and and really through that process of course i wasn't involved in the selection of yeah, music but just watching why and learning about what right she but i came into that at the end and hearing her talk about why things were going to go in the order that they were going to go mm-hmm. in and and mm-hmm. just her whole vision really um transformed kind of how i programmed for groups yeah. after that yeah um so i'm grateful for that for that experience mm-hmm. aside from the performance aspect of it right um my favorite performance to be a part of as a director however was um totally for for personal reasons but it was last year's uil performances for us here yeah um just because of all that was wrapped up personally with that and jared wasn't able to return to school um after february 8th last year and so we did not plan for him to be gone he just was and so in the midst of walking through all of those huge unknowns, suddenly this program was squarely put in my lap with, with our third assistant um, and great friend. And, and the two of us just really kind of made it up minute yeah. by minute and our kids carried us through. And so it's one of the most memorable because of what that meant to us on a whole other level of, yeah, the responsibility of bringing Jared's vision to life through his programming mm-hmm. Um so that was that one was really special. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna probably top that one. <laughs> for no, a long probably time. <laughs> not. And I have not listened to that performance since. Like I didn't go back and listen I to don't the recordings. Know that I would either. I get that, and I like to go back and listen, but I don't know yeah, that I could do it's, that. Yeah, uh, because lot. the moment was just too dear, and yep. so I don't want to um, change that, muddy that with mm-hmm. yeah, with hearing the bad vowels or whatever. Because <laughs> they with, were there. What was that diphthong? Um. Okay. Yeah. Then last question most embarrassing stage moment oh <laughs> i love okay. your face was like immediate it was like here it is <laughs> this is it uh, 
Um, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. However, the very first year that Jared and I taught middle school together, we took our kids to a festival at the end of the year. We were both 23 years old and oh, bless. so neither one of us had student taught. We wee just, we babes, um, we babes in wee pants sizes. <laughs> and so, uh, that too. um, I didn't, that was when cell phones, you know, it was 2000 and oh gosh, three, 2003. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I didn't turn my phone off. I didn't. And it was in my pocket and I was at the piano and Jared was conducting and Robert Stovall was our judge <laughs> at this festival. Because he's probably going to be nice Robert Stovall. Yeah. <laughs> which, fast forward, um, literally 10 years, he's the one that hired us for this current Right. Position. Isn't that funny? So it's okay. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, at 23, I was like, oh, oh my God. And as Robert Stovall, um, you're going, ah! Yeah. yeah. Mid-song with sixth graders, that phone started ringing in my pocket. Cool. Good. It Great. sure did. Yeah. It sure did. Was it in the and right key, I, at least? It uh, probably not. Well, Let's that's be real. It was like a flip phone, you know. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I had to take that out of my pocket while continuing to play, right? Ooh. And so, if if this were a video um, podcast, that's not a thing. But whatever. Vlog if interview. It were, I, I think that's just called an interview. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it were one of those, you could see that like I alternated which hand was playing because I couldn't get it out of my pocket. <laughs> And Jared was like turned all the way sideways, staring at me with eyes of like, like what are lady. you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then once I finally got it out of my pocket while one handed playing, like alternating left hand, right hand, treble clef, bass clef, I put it on the edge of the piano and it rang again. It sure did. Hey, oh, I think that may have been the longest sixth grade song we ever programmed oh, for in sure. history. It felt sure. three years long. And that was my most embarrassing moment that I didn't have the wherewithal to just like feel on the outside of the pocket for the little side button right, that would but shut it up. Did it have those at that time? Because I'm going to give you didn't. that it didn't. I think it did not. I appreciate that vote of I confidence. really don't think it did because I think ours just had like volumes. Didn't I don't think I it had like an off. Golly. I'm looking at the, my invisible my hand like yeah. nothing in my hand like that's going to help <laughs> me remember. Yeah, we're, doing we're both really pantomiming today. opening our flip phones. <laughs> goodness gracious okay i'm gonna put in the description i'm gonna put links for well first of all i'm gonna put a link for your blog because i think it's important for people to read and follow along with your life because it's i know that's not why you're writing it you're not writing it for other people to be inspired by you but i'm i'm inspired by you all the time and so i I like to go back and read those things to remind myself that a Back I love my friends' you. parties, but uh, <laughs> thank you for that. And then secondly, I want to put some stuff in the links also about Jocelyn's Renaissance because I love that yes. program and I think that it is super helpful. Yes. And I'll tell you what's cool is that this summer's conference obviously is having to go virtual instead yes. of in real life in Anaheim, mm-hmm. California. And it's free this year to all <gasps> school districts. That. Oh, yes. even better. They no are excuse, making- guys all of those resources free to everyone and they polled high schools across the country mm-hmm. to ask what they really need help with and mm-hmm. that's what they built their conference schedule around um and so you know there there's stuff that can help you there for sure and I and, think and it's going to be exciting become, you can help yourself directors in this instance become 
kind of an extra invaluable resource to your district. Get educated on this side of things, on culture, climate, on leadership, um, on all of that stuff, because that's something that we're all going to need in the face of these weird versions of school we're going to be dealing with. And you can become the expert for them. You can make yourself invaluable in this way. So if it's free, no excuse, my friends. So absolutely. I will drop that in the description. And, um, and then I really want you to have a book. So if you could work on that for us, that we could just <laughs> buy and read all of your smartness, you know, that would be really You're exciting. Very so. kind. I've had some people say that to me in this last year. I'm humbled each time. I, and as dumb as this sounds, especially after I've started the blog, I have no idea what I would write about <laughs> um, because I just kind of like write whenever something happens. So spirit moves you. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll get right on that. Do just do it now. It, it won't take next. long. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow and let you know how it's going. As someone who is sending back their third, quote, final round of edits on their book, because every round of edits is your final edits with your publisher is what I've discovered, <laughs> except for it's never the final. Um, it's very fast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you could. You could turn it around pretty quickly. Whenever I make that leap, I'm going to just firmly put it in Jen Randall's hands and say, go make magic happen. I don't know what I will to be do a machine now. for you. I will do I it. I absolutely I know, will do it. That's... you're the female version of my husband. That's right. Me and Female Jared Hardy will happily Full make that circle. happen. Look at us. We were such a good interview today, guys. Well, um, I hope that everybody enjoyed not just Carla and I talking about, you know, pants, but more importantly, that, you know, we should move forward into this new season of Crazy with first of all grace second of all hope for the future and to lean on the people that you have around you and to ask questions and don't let fear take over it's gonna be okay we've got each other we're gonna help each other through this yes ma'am right absolutely absolutely so thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me today Thank you. I'm so glad to have been here on Show Collective. It was a blast. This was a Go blast. buy a shirt, y'all. They really are the most comfortable ever. Yes, and the new ones are coming out, actually, too. Thank you oh. very much for that plug. Thank you, ma'am. I'm here for you. That wasn't paid advertising. That was just, like, legitimately, I, I wear my shirts more often than I should admit. More than I realized I would, honestly, is where I'm at with Yes, that. in Texas, in May. Who needs long sleeves? It turns out we do. Air conditioning. Me. That's right. <laughs> okay, so It's amazing. Know.